Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Aid Radio, back with our good friend Lauren Southern. She is the host of Standoff on the Rebel Media and the author of Barbarians, How the Baby Boomers Immigration and Islam Screwed My Generation. You can order this fantastic book, which is number one in Canada, I believe, as we speak, and catching up to Megyn Kelly in the Ultimate Battle of the Blondes. Uh, and you can order the book at barbariansbook.com. Follow Lauren on twitter.com slash Lauren Underbar Southern and therebelmedia.com slash Lauren Southern. Um, so, Lauren, how, how, how was your weekend? How, how, how have you lost? Did you, did you get up to anything? Did you get out at all? Did you catch some sun? Did you catch some pepper spray? How are things? A pretty dull weekend. Mm. Went for a really long walk. Yeah, a little pepper spray in the air. It was good time, as you can tell by my voice. I had a little too much fun. <laughs> and, and rocks and uh, garbage cans. Uh, all, all, all manner of yeah. things going through the air. One thing not going through the air, any kind of rational arguments from the people you were having conversations with. Those seem to be rather conspicuously absent, which is, I guess, why the aforementioned rocks and uh, garbage cans were flying through the air. Right. Well, the big point they had was we do not negotiate with fascists. We do not talk to fascists. doesn't matter what the actual definition of fascist is. They just don't talk to anyone that they deem a fascist. Um, and unfortunately, I was on their list of fascists at the Deplorable, along with Cassandra Fairbanks and Mike Cernovich. So walking there was a hell of a time. It felt like a I don't know, like, there's the, you had the kind of paparazzi, tons of the mainstream media getting pictures, and then, like, chanting with war drums as you're walking in, and they were just shrieking at you. Oh, it was, it was a really surreal experience walking into Deplorable. Uh, not quite as surreal as the next day going to the surrounding blockades around the Trump inauguration where they had black bloc protesters, Antifa, and anarcho-communists uh, protesting. It is wild. I mean, seeing the videos of you and uh, Mike Cernovich and uh, Gavin McGinnis and other people, what to me was really astonishing was seeing people chanting these like mindless hypnotic, drive me crazy, like intelligent people get driven crazy by repetition, but less intelligent people seem to thrive in that echo chamber and hitting things with hammers and hitting like one guy was hitting something with a rock. And it's like, man, we've come a long way from the Enlightenment. Now we're just chanting and hitting things with rocks. Like, what's next? We, it's like we're rewinding the 2001 movie when it goes from spaceships to that, like, ape hitting something with a bone. And you know what's crazy is a lot of people have probably seen the raw footage I uploaded. Uh, but that, you know, that night, I believe, um, it got even crazier. And I just haven't uploaded that yet. People were literally breaking uh, bricks on the ground. They were pulling them out from the street, bricks breaking them on the ground and just tossing them in the air at cops. And myself and a few of my friends, Tim Poole and Luke Kurdowski, we were having to hide under a terrace because there were bricks flying through the air at cops and at journalists. It was just unreal. And I'm sure you saw it. They set a, they set a limousine on fire. They were smashing all of the car windows, uh, military vehicles going by that they were spray painting and trying to smash the windows of. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And the thing that'll probably make you the most sad, I think, is amongst all of these protesters, there were some young, young people there. I mean, they were I, I, maybe grade 10, grade 11 as well. And they were saying, this is so cool. This is awesome. We're opposing Trump. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you guys are kids. You are kids here burning down your city when I don't think you even fully understand 
what Trump stands for, what the ideas are here, but what caused this? Well, it was all the media they were listening to. It was the school they literally believe they are protesting literally Hitler. And that's why this is happening. It's because they truly believe they are doing this for a good cause. I'm not sure how smashing windows is helping that, but they're very, very misguided. I, I mentioned this in a video recently. It, 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 it makes me so angry to think of these, you know, middle-aged, comfortable millionaire millionaires in the media sitting in their air-conditioned offices pumping these impressionable kids who haven't been taught critical thinking skills because the school system is terrible. They're pumping these kids up with so much anger, so much rage, so little compromise, so little reason, so little listening. And these kids going out and, and smashing things up and so on. And now a couple of hundred of them being arrested, they're facing up to 10 years in prison. Well, the, the people in the media, they're going back to their, no, no, we'll cut to the next commercial. We're going... But the kids themselves, I mean, they could be years in prison uh, because it's felony rioting, right? It's not just, oh, a little yeah. destruction. It's not just a little bit here and there. I mean, this is significant stuff. This is the age of Trump. I guess no one told them that he was going to be the law and order president and the stuff that they got away with for the last eight years, that's off the table. Well, you know what's going to infuriate you even more? Uh, exactly what you were saying. I was out there when they were just about to set that limousine on fire, and I see this car pull up on the side of the road. It's a big uh, black uh, kind of bus. And I see people start banging on the window, banging on the window. Protesters start surrounding it. And I run over there and I look. It's Michael freaking Moore. He's come to see what all of his work has accomplished. And then as people start knocking on the window, you just see him like tap his driver and they start driving away. He comes in to see his anti-Trump protest that he has built up sees it, decides he doesn't want any freaking part of it, and drives off back to his home, back to his luxury lifestyle where he doesn't have to see any of that, where he doesn't have to have his car smashed, where he doesn't have to have his business destroyed. No, he stops there and he just pieces it. No, it's, uh, it's wretched. And of course, these are people on the left who say it's really, really bad to exploit others. It's really terrible, you know, to say, give them a job in a mutually beneficial manner. But to me, the exploitation of these impressionable young, and I don't mean to sort of strip their free will. They have choices. They have the mm -hmm. internet. They could avail themselves of better arguments if they so choose. But nonetheless, they're still, you know, if they're in their late teens, their brains are still like half a decade away from maturity. They're still very impressionable. And they're being used and they're going to be thrown aside and they're going to be ground up by a system that's going to be extraordinarily shocking to them when they, when they meet it. And I really, really can't express how, how angry it makes me, just how much they're being used by all these people who claim that exploiting other people is the worst thing you could possibly do. Right. And, you know, I've had, I've had some criticism of my video recently. I believe a big YouTuber named Thunderfoot, he did a big thing on it saying that these are just anarchists. They're not protesting Trump. This isn't, this isn't what the anti-Trump movement looks like. You're fake news. You're a hack, Lauren. What I have to say to that is look at Madonna. You've got Madonna out there saying, I want to blow up the White House. You've got these people truly believe that radical actions need to happen. And yes, only a few of the foot soldiers are going to be out there getting arrested for it. Maybe high school students, uh, young, stupid university students getting arrested for it. But I was interviewing people on the street and they were saying, Everyone's going to express themselves how they want to express themselves. And I'm like, by smashing windows? No, this isn't just a small part of the anti-Trump movement. A large amount of people truly believe that violence is the way to stop Trump, that this is justified. And I mean, even the women's march, the women's march, the stuff they were uh, like, I don't think that was an entirely, they were saying he was a Nazi fascist Hitler as well. How are you supposed to respond to Nazis, fascists and Hitler? 
You're supposed to violently oppose them. So what are people supposed to do? Well, when the rhetoric has become escalated to that uh, point, I mean, it's like it's like watching two married, like a married couple screaming how much they hate each other. It's like, sorry, your marriage is done at this point. I mean, once you've escalated to that uh, kind of uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf rhetoric, where do you go? There's no possibility of negotiation. There's no possibility of coexistence once you've escalated things to that degree. And I'm fully aware. I mean, lots of people were out protesting, and you saw a lot of it. And a lot of them, most of them, of course, weren't violent. And that's perfectly valid and perfectly true. That, to me, is not the issue. The issue is not that there's a small number of violent people in a larger group. The issue is how everyone else is responding to it. How is the mainstream media responding to it? Could Obama and, and Hillary Clinton have stepped out of the shadows to, to say something to calm this down? Could Michael Moore have come out and thrown his gargantuan bulk between the, the violent people and the objects of, of their violence? Could people have formed human chains? Could they have pushed back? Could they have rejected? Could they have anything? It's not, to me, the spark. It's everyone else blowing on that spark that is the issue or stepping back from it and letting it burn. Precisely. And I mean, you had, I'm sure you saw the videos, you had Trump supporters, really brave guys, walking through that protest. One guy took a uh, fire extinguisher and was putting out the fires they had there. And it's dangerous stuff to be out there. I mean, I, I usually don't like having security with me just because, you know, it costs a lot of money. And I like to do my journalism at low, low cost. And I, I, I have a little too much overconfidence. But the reality of it is these people were blowing up, they were punching people, uh, they were throwing eggs and rocks and everything. I mean, immediately when I dismissed my security, I was getting shoved in the street just for talking to people with Trump hats on. It was like, what happened to conversation in this country? What happened to sitting down and saying, this is why I disagree with Trump? Who's going to be convinced by rock throwing? Who are they going to convince by smashing their businesses? I can't fathom how you could try to convince they're not, people that way. You know, I mean, you know as well as I do, Lauren, they're not trying to convince anyone. That They're trying mm -hmm. to intimidate. They're trying to uh, reject the uh, transfer of power. And for people who say, well, they're anarchists or every side that loses, no, no. It's not every time every side loses. This stuff didn't happen. These guys went out protesting and smashing up Starbucks and and. The poor garbage cans. I mean, what on earth? Were these people beaten by garbage cans when they were younger? Why? <laughs> what is it with the garbage cans? I don't understand. Is it just a fine, nice way to contain a fire? But no, they're, they're trying to intimidate. And this did not happen when Barack Obama got into power. I mean, although he was dedicated to expanding the size and power of the state and did so repeatedly, whereas Trump, of course, has already signed an order saying no more regulations putting uh, on hold the growth of the hyper-regulatory state. So, you know, bad anarchist. I mean, if you want to protest someone, protest someone increasing the size and power of the state rather than somebody who's working to try and control and reduce it. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just the usual leftist addiction to, to violence, to intimidation, to aggression. They don't want to have a conversation at the extreme elements. Well, I mean, them calling themselves anarcho-communists is kind of a, it kind of just shows how little, how, how confused they are, how little they actually know about what they're touting and what they're saying. I mean, most of these people technically are anarchists, leftists, Marxists, but, or um, leftists and Marxists and socialists, but they, they don't want small government. They don't want, they want to put fascists and racists in jail. They want they want Richard Spencer behind bars or beaten to a pulp. They are not, they are not small government people. And as you're saying, I, I really, really doubt they would be doing this if Hillary won. Maybe a few, 
maybe a few Bernie supporters would be doing this. Not in this number. They wouldn't be smashing businesses. Like you said, this didn't happen uh, when Obama was inaugurated. It's ridiculous to make that comparison. I'm, I'm very interested to see um, where this is going to go and if th this kind of behavior is going to continue to happen during Trump speeches, during when Trump events. I mean, it's, it's going to be a hell of a year and people are still being radicalized. That's the thing. The numbers aren't decreasing. The numbers are increasing in people on Facebook and young people being indoctrinated through school, through social media, through whatever they hear from BuzzFeed every day. So is this going to happen more throughout Trump's, uh, Trump's presidency? We'll have to wait and see. I think certainly the eruption of violence was predictable after uh, the election. Yeah. These are some very deeply embittered and enraged people who think that the end of the world is upon them. And so this kind of hysterical reaction. Now the question is, of course, what does Trump do uh, once Jeff Sessions, uh, assuming he becomes the attorney general, what, does, what happens? And I think there's going to be this Reaganite thing where this happened in the 60s, of course, the radicals occupied the buildings and the, I mean, I talked like I was there, I was like four or whatever, but you know, ah oh, yes, the 60s, I remember it well. But um, uh, when Reagan got in, he just rounded people up and, and threw a bunch of people in jail and um, it, it dried up uh, pretty quickly. This is testing the resolve of the new administration and, and where it goes from here, I think, depends on the reaction. Uh, if it's um, going to be contained uh, through, through legal repercussions, uh, then I think things are going to dry up uh, pretty quickly. Of course, there is a hope that um, if Trump does what he wants to do uh, and is successful at it, which I think he will, there's going to be more opportunity, more jobs, and maybe there'll be some clawbacks on the welfare state, and maybe there'll be a way, there'll be sort of an off-ramp for some, like the, the crazy people are the crazy people. They're just going to do what they do until they yeah. end up in jail or dead or whatever, right? But maybe there's an off-ramp for some of the people who, who get a glimpse of where they could be if they didn't stay in crazy town, and there's, I think, going to be more opportunity more possibilities, and it's going to be less comfortable to stay there. Uh, and of course, a lot of the left is going to be paralyzed, and I think has been paralyzed going forward by some of this James O'Keefe stuff, like the Project Veritas. Now, they don't know who's got a secret camera going. They don't know. I mean, now that the, yeah. the guys who were threatening the deplorable with these, these acid attacks and with, with throat-punching threats and chaining up the metro and so on, well, now that it's tough for them to plan because they don't know Who's, to tr who's trustable anymore. So I think there's going to be some kind of paralysis. If there's legal repercussions, hopefully, hopefully it will rescue uh, a bulk of people out of this mess. Well, I think I, I really, really hope so. When I went to a Linden rally for Trump, uh, the first time I saw him in real life, there was a man in the crowd. I think he looked like he was Hispanic, actually, and he was holding a sign, and it said, Trump loves you, and he was yelling at protesters across the street. Trump loves you and you're going to love Trump too. And that was his whole message. Trump loves you. You're going to love Trump too. He's going to give you jobs. He's going to do all this stuff for you. And that should be the message. Like, just wait and see. Wait and see to see if Trump does good things. If, if Trump does suddenly start putting all Hispanics into gas chambers, I will be right out there with you <laughs> trying to get Trump out of office. I will be right out there with you fighting the government. But Man, I really doubt that's going to happen. I really doubt that's going to happen. And that's why I got so much support, because that was a ridiculous narrative. Uh, but the problem is that a lot of these people want Trump to fail. They genuinely, genuinely want Trump to fail. I mean, I was talking to them on the streets. They're like, I don't want him to be right, no matter what. So they're going to have a 
they're going to have that preconceived, no matter what happens, they're going to have that bias where whatever Trump does, they're going to want to see the negatives, want to see the negatives. What, Obama, I wanted him to do well because I want America to do well. Didn't do as well as uh, people were saying he would. Unfortunately, did a pretty awful job in my opinion, but I wanted him to do well. I want Trump to do well. If Trump were a Democrat, if Hillary won, I would want her to do an awesome job. I would have my doubts, but I would want her to do an awesome job. These people protesting, they don't want that. We can hope that it'll change, and we can hope that Trump's policy will, policies will change their mind if he does a great job. Uh, but I don't know. It's going to be a whole lot of fight and a whole lot of propaganda out there no matter what he does. Well, and this this goes back to the battle, I think, between what's called the alternative media, sort of what you and I and others are doing, and what the mainstream media is doing, which is uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring sort of reason and evidence and calm and back off and so on, and um, the mainstream media is just fueling it up. They're protesters. They're not protesters. They're rioters. This is the way, what are they, they're chanting, they're hitting things with rocks. That's not a protest. That's that's barely something you, you'd put in an ape exhibit. So I, if they can go back to this well, you know, they discharge their venom, they discharge their rage, maybe they sort of calm down a little bit. But then they go back to this well, and they're praised as freedom fighters, as protesters. They're fighting the power, and then they're enraged and further envenomed by all the mainstream media narrative about how terrible Trump is and Trump is Hitler and blah, 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 blah. Man, I mean, I just wh – where, where does this go in particular? Well, of course, my, my goal is to try and displace the mainstream media as much as possible. If Trump can help bypass uh, having to go through the mainstream media to talk to the people, so much the better. Um, uh, bleed the venom at its source, I think, is the key. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that how much these people are being manipulated by, the, manipulated by the media is a terrible, terrible thing. And that, I think, is why it's so important. What we're doing is, is bringing the truth and bringing, hopefully, some calm and some reason and some evidence. If they're all out there and they can't be saved, then there's going to be a lot of conflict. But I still think that there's some out there <laughs> who may be able to listen to reason. Absolutely. Fake news is growing and it's going to continue to grow, uh, certainly in an administration where it has a chance to thrive and it's not going to be shut down like Hillary was threatening towards organizations like Breitbart. Uh, so I, gotta, I hope for the same thing. Now, last thing I wanted to ask you, how much fun was the deplorable? Every, you know what? It, I, I've always thought life is so much better when people put effort into it. Life is so much more beautiful. And everyone that showed up there, you had the protesters out that just reeked, quite frankly, there, like in their three-day-old clothes, scraggly hair, throwing eggs at everyone. And then you get inside, and it's just this beautiful ball of people that have done their utmost to look wonderful, to be on their best behavior, so much effort was put to put this ball together. Everyone was so kind. It was just an absolutely lovely event. And there were so many, there was fascinating people there to talk to, fascinating things that were uh, being said during the speeches. I mean, it's what I'd like every meeting of intellectual people to be like. I'd love a ball that we had like that with leftists included as well that had a discussion. But unfortunately, they were outside throwing eggs and didn't want to put on suits and dresses. They wanted to call us Nazi, KKK, and <laughs> the chanting in the crowds. Um, but I don't, it, was, it was an absolutely lovely event, and I was so happy to meet everyone I got to meet there. Didn't get to stay for as long as I would have liked, but uh, everyone looked gorgeous. It was a lot of fun, and you should have been there. <laughs> yes, uh, it may be a, a regret I take to my grave, but um, last thing, oh, sorry, there was one more thing. Um, Sheila Gunn-Reed. 
Okay, we'll, we'll put the link to this below very briefly. She was at an event uh, in Alberta, which is being run by an NDP government, which is, I guess, a little bit to the left of the Democrats in the States uh, in many ways, but similar kind of kettle of fish. And she's at a women's march, and she's punched in the face by a man. So at a women's march, at a feminist march, a woman is punched in the face by a man. Take it from there, because I try not to be too shocked by things I kind of know are going to happen, but nonetheless, seeing yeah. that response of the crowd to me was really quite startling. Yeah, no, the crowd, it, Sheila is, she works for, with me at The Rebel. She's a lovely, lovely lady, does great work dismantling, uh, taking apart the Alberta government and all of the awful policies they've brought in, punched in the face at this women's protest. And the ladies in the crowd just like basically pat this man on the back and bring him back away from Sheila and nothing. He wasn't tackled. He wasn't condemned. There was no shrieking from the feminists in the crowd saying, why would you assault a woman? No, they just calmly bring him away so that, so that they can't, basically the police can't find him. It was just, I don't know. I, you were probably just as shocked as you were saying as me watching it, but this is a very important thing for us because the rebel recently held a rally against the carbon tax in Alberta. And there were 3,000 people there that were just saying, we, we can't afford this tax. This is ridiculous. We are taxed so highly in this province. And there was a chant that happened about Notley. They said, lock her up, lock her up. It was a joking chant because uh, they're like, how many jobs has Notley lost Alberta? And the mainstream media went wild in Canada. They were just condemning any politician that showed up to our anti uh anti-carbon tax uh, protests. They were condemning everyone there, saying they were all awful radicals, this, that, and the other. This Women's March had tons of people from the leftist government in Canada, tons of NDP members, and this happens. A woman gets punched in the face by a man at their protest, and they have the gall to condemn this peaceful protest we had against their carbon tax in Canada. So it's going to be very interesting to see the reaction we get. Are they going to condemn the people and the NDP leaders that were at this women's march, is the whole march going to be called all evil radicals? I mean, <laughs> if you're going to treat it the same as they treated our carbon tax uh, rally, then basically everyone and all the politicians there should be fired. They had, it was insane. It's going to be insane to see how the mainstream react, reaction is. Spoiler, it's going to be massively hypocritical, buried under the rug, and people are going to move on like it hasn't happened. I hate to pull age on you there, Lauren, but uh, I've been down that road a couple no. of times before. It is. No, but, but, no. But, but the good thing is that the hypocrisy is becoming more visible. Um, yeah. Watching that video, and it, it's important, I think she was told to calm down, and, and uh, there was no sympathy. Nobody gave her a hug. Nobody even asked her if she was okay. It's like, I just get punched in a woman's rally. But she's on the right, or she's perceived she's to be that chip. way. Yeah, but she's on the right, and therefore, uh, see, vagina's on the left. Excellent. Vagina's on the right. Ooh, which is evil, evil. And this, of course, is what's important. You know, the fact that there was um, uh, that this this rally going on, this this march going on, I... I looked through the pictures, Lord help me, I can't unsee some of that stuff, but um, uh, it is um, not an argument, <laughs> not an argument, and we do need to get back to actually having conversations with people about things that matter, screaming at each other, um, well, toddlers and civilizations don't really go <laughs> hand in hand too long. So thanks a lot for your time, appreciate it, keep your voice uh, safe, of course, uh, get back to your dulcet tones, uh, tones as soon as uh, possible, and please, everyone, remember to go 
to barbariansbook.com. We'll put the links to all of Lauren's vital statistics below. Thanks uh, a lot for all of the great reporting you did. It was fascinating and illuminating to watch. We'll put links to it below. I'm sure we'll talk again soon, and thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Cheers.